Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I'm going to go ahead and get into the word. If y'all don't mind standing with me, I'm going to take the scripture. It's a very familiar uh, passage, and it comes um, out of Ecclesiastes 3, and most of us know this well. And so the thing that King Solomon did, he asked God for wisdom. He asked, he's the one also that wrote the book of Proverbs. And so he asked God for wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom and he didn't ask for riches, God blessed him with both. So he was gonna, he was a man full of wisdom from God, but God also blessed him with riches beyond he that what he could even use. And so we see this man, King Solomon, who wrote this song in Ecclesiastes. And we see him at the end of his life. And at the end of the life, this is crazy because he had all imagined all the riches. He had all the wives. I don't know. He had hundreds and hundreds of wives. I can't imagine. Thank God y'all don't have hundreds and hundreds of wives. It's hard to handle one wife, right? <laughs> but he had everything that he wanted in, in his life, I guess. But he said, we find him saying this at the end of his life. He says this. He says that with all these things, that his life was meaningless. See, so what happened in that time was, you know, his father, King David, lived for God. He was called a man after God's own heart. Everything he did, he tried God. But Solomon lost that somewhere in the middle of having all the things that he had. And how many of you know that things can't fill your heart? Things can only fill you. Your God, he's the only one that can fill your heart and make you happy, even in hard times. Yes. Even in hard times, he can give. He didn't give God that passes, surpasses all understanding. And so because he didn't give God all the glory like his father did, he became miserable. And he said his life was meaningless. But this was the man that actually wrote this song in Ecclesiastes. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. And it says, and when I'm done, y'all can sit down. It says this, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. But what I really love, if you skip down three more verses in verse 11, he says this, that he has made, speaking of God, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Amen. God has made everything through every season. If you are a child of God, and if you're walking through a low season, a difficult season, I promise you, because the word of God says it, that he makes everything beautiful in its time. Amen. How many of you agree with that? Go ahead and be seated. I want to read this in today's vernacular, and this is kind of what it would say. There is a time to celebrate a birth and a time to grieve a death, a time to be sad and a time to laugh, a time for promotion, 
and a time for a loss, a time for new beginnings and a time for an end, a time when you can't pay the bills and a time when you can pay all of your bills, a time you don't like your job and a time that you get a new job. Relationships, a time for new relationships, a time of trouble, a time of peace, a time for a broken heart and a time for the heart to heal, a time of a time of separation and a time to come back together again. A time for winter and a time for spring. A time for an obedient child and a time for a disobedient child. And I threw that out there for the moms today since it's Mother's Day. <laughs> but every season has a purpose. You see, God's reason that we go through in life, it's God's will that we allow him to mold us, to shape us, to remake us in those hard and difficult seasons sometimes. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is about being confident in every season, being confident in every season. Let's just go ahead and pray over this service. Father, I just ask that you, God, even would just help me, Lord, deliver the word that you want to say. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to encourage and strengthen and help us this morning, Father. And I just pray blessings upon blessings over every mother here today. Let it be a wonderful day for them. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone say amen. <clears throat> so if you don't think God has a sense of humor, let me tell you, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> And sometimes I have to laugh when he tells me things. I'm like, really, God, you are so hilarious. But when I was uh, first, you know, knew that I was going to have to get ready for this message, God just kept talking to me everywhere I went. It was weird about Astro World. How many of you yeah, were 70s and 80s children? If you were 70s and 80s, maybe early 90s child, I think, yeah, 90s too, uh, you remember Astro World. And that was one of my places they could go to go. I loved going there. I mean, I had friends in Houston, they had like season passes. They could go all summer long. But I mean, mine was maybe once every couple of years if I even got that. And so, anyways, I have so many great memories. And what's awesome is I got to take Haley and Caleb. We got to take, because it was one of his favorite places, too. We got to take Haley and Caleb to Astroworld before they closed. You know, they closed in 2005, I think. I think this was in 2001. This is before we had the other two kids. Anyways, it was just awesome to be able to take them to one of our favorite childhood places and let them experience some of the things. But one thing I remember is that when we were there, me and, and my husband were looking around going, man, this is old now. This place is falling apart. But we still loved it because of the memories we had there because, you know, it was Astroworld. And so now, you know, they've replaced, they closed it down. They've replaced it. Everyone goes to Fiesta uh, Six Flags of Texas, which I'm sure, and, it, and I know it's, it's got better rides. It's clean. It's, it's new. It's good. But, you know, nothing lasts forever but God, right? And so seasons have to change sometimes. So I guess Astroworld, despite how much we loved it, had to close down. But my point is this. Uh, when I was thinking about it and laughing so much at God's humor, he, you know, he asked me, like, well, what were your favorite rides there? And you're like, does God talk like that? Yeah, sometimes God does talk like that. If you talk with him, he'll talk back to you. And so, I, and I was thinking about it. I said, you know, Lord, my favorite rides were the Texas Cyclone because it was scary, but it was fun. And then the, the, play, the, the house, so the Texas Cyclone was this old, rickety wooden roller coaster like it's not made of metal I mean the coasters were the roller coaster but all of the thing that held it up was all wooden 
okay? So, I mean, can you believe we trust our lives with a wooden roller coaster that, like, it had the highest, it had really high, it went really high, but then it had some really low dips. How many of you remember that very first, like, as soon as you go on, it's like, click, 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 and you go up, and it's really, really high, and then, whoo, and it had really low dips. And so, I mean, it was exhilarating, it was fun, but it was scary. When you go down in that dip, it was scary, and sometimes it could even be painful, and the reason I say that is because it was so jerky because it was wooden. It would jerk you. And one time when I was there, it jerked me so hard. I think it was this time because I was older. It jerked me so hard, it popped my neck. So for the rest of the day, I was like, oh, I should never have rode the Texas Cyclone. It was so painful. But it could be exhilarating, but it could be scary, but it could be painful too. And, and isn't that crazy? Like I said, that we trusted our vibe would. That thing could have collapsed, but we trusted our lives with that. And so I'm going to kind of relate that to the seasons in our lives that we go through oftentimes because we all experience seasons of highs and lows, mountaintops and valleys. We all experience ups and downs. And C.S. Lewis says it like this, that we all experience peaks and ravines in our lives. Every one of us. We never stay in one season. And wouldn't it be great to stay in that mountaintop season? I mean, you know, it's wonderful when you give birth to a healthy baby and that it's just, it's the most wonderful feeling in the world, those of you moms that have done that. There's nothing like it or bringing a new baby home that you know is going to be yours. It is so exciting. Or what about when you get married? What about the day that you get married? Or maybe the day you graduated from high school or from college. Just those monumental, special moments that we get to experience in life that are so good. But then again, there are other times. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe you're battling depression over something. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you don't have the finances to buy diapers. Maybe there's just a situation that's out of your control and maybe you're just in one of those seasons of difficulty how many of you have ever gone through a season of difficulty and and there's seasons of disappointment sometimes and sometimes there's seasons of discouragement but the good news is this that in those seasons as christians that we don't face those seasons alone that we know that god is with us and that he promises in his word that he'll never leave us he'll never forsake us but God can only help people that want to be helped because God is a gentleman and he never forces himself on anyone. But if you trust God in every season, he wants to be there to help you through that season. And so I don't know what kind of season that you may be. The thing that God wants you to do in those moments, in those seasons, he wants you to take advantage of it. He wants you to bask in it. He wants you to embrace it. He wants you to enjoy every, every one of those. But really and truly, I'm speaking to those that are here that might be in a difficult season this morning. Maybe it's the, a trouble, a marriage. Maybe your relationships with friends, with family, with your husband, with your wife. Maybe it's in trouble. Maybe your child's being rebellious. Can I encourage you that you're going to get through this season? And that sometimes we have to remind ourselves about that. We have to remind ourselves that seasons change. Seasons come and go. Remind yourself that a better season is ahead on the other side. Remind yourself that you're not going to stay here, but you're coming up out of this season. You're not going to get stuck. You're going to stay there. 
and I'm going to allow God to work on me in this season. I'm going to sit still, and I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to allow him to work on me, remake me, shape me, mold me. He is the potter. I am the clay. And so we can learn pretty much anything from any season that we go through in life. And if you look at a lot of the lives of the people in the Bible, we can learn from a lot of their lives. Uh, we see the story of Joseph. And if you know about Joseph, Joseph, man, he, disappointment after disappointment he had to go through. God had given him visions and dreams, but yet we see him go from the pit to the, to the, uh, from the pit to the palace and then to the prison and then back up to be second in command of Pharaoh's army. Talk about a roller coaster ride in life. And you know what is crazy is he had God on his side, but he still had the seasons of highs and he still had the seasons of lows that he had to experience. And so we see Joseph go through that. We see him be betrayed by his brothers. We see him being lied about. We see him being falsely accused. And But we see him come out of that season on top because he kept God in the center of his life. And that was one thing about, uh, about Joseph. And this is Joseph said, is the one that said this, what the enemy meant for good. God will turn around. God meant for what the enemy meant for evil. God meant for my good. Yeah, the devil never means it for your good. Let me correct that. What the devil meant for evil or what the enemy, you know, the enemy of your soul, what he means for evil. When you're a child of God, God always has a way of turning it around for your good in the end. And so we see that ultimately God used Joseph, the one that was rejected the one that was put in the pit in the prison, we see God use him to save his whole family and all of Israel from the famine. So we see him go through disappointment and disappointment, but his heart was stayed and it was fixed on God through the highs, through the lows. His faith never wavered. And so he didn't give up on God and God never gave up on him. First Peter 5, you up in honor, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Man, there's so much. this hope, this hope that we have in Jesus, it's a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us to the presence of God. Jesus is called the anchor of our hope. He's the one that calls us to have stability in the middle of the storm. How many of you have gone through some storms in life? And man, it seemed like you were going down and under, but God was your anchor. Jesus was your anchor, and he saw you through. He'll do it every time. He'll do it every time if you're a child of God. When you turn to him and you allow him to help you. Jesus is the hope for the hopeless. He's called that anchor of hope. He's the rock of our salvation. He is the chief cornerstone. And David said, when I am overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. David, in his time of anxiety, David, in his time of depression, I mean, David failed God many times. And don't we all, because we're, we're imperfect, you know, but he knew in whom he trusts. He knew where his trust lied. He knew moments of feeling overwhelmed. God is the peace in the middle of the storm, and he wants to bring us out of that trouble that we're in. He wants to heal our hearts of broken relationships. He wants to provide our needs according to his riches and glory. And he sees you. He knows right where you're at, and he knows what's best for you. 
He doesn't waste any trial. When one of God's children is going through a trial or a difficult season, I promise you, he doesn't waste any, uh, any trial that a child of God goes through. And oftentimes in our low seasons, that's when God, in our brokenness, he uses that brokenness to bring us closer to him. Because he, his desire is that every one of us would come to him in desperation and in need. Because he's our creator, God. He knows every need that we have. He's just waiting to let us know, I've got you. I love you. I made you. I formed you in your mother's womb. I created you for a purpose and a reason. He's just waiting on us to come to him and accept that. He wants us to accept what he's done for us on the cross and so oftentimes he uses the brokenness to bring us closer to him and he uses those unmet expectations to bring divine revelations oftentimes when you are disappointed it's because of an unmet expectation but it's in those moments that you turn to God in your disappointment that he will give you the greatest revelations of who he is and not only who he is but who you are inside of him amen and the other amusement that i loved there that i told y'all about was called the wacky shack and and man i just couldn't wait to get there and go in the wacky shack i loved that it was this it was this house okay it wasn't that big i don't think i looked at pictures and i said well it seems so much bigger when you're in there but it looks small in the picture but in this house, it's got slanted floors. It had mirrors. It was kind of dark. You know, you remember if you walked through the wacky shack. And so, but it was, it was crazy. It would mess with your head. It would mess with your head. And so, like, you'd be walking, and you'd be stumbling and finding your way, and, and, and you would just get all tripped up. I mean, you'd lose your footing if you didn't, you know, the more you went in it, the more you kind of figured out. But the first time I went in it, I mean, I remember stumbling out of there like, how did I make it out of this house? It was the coolest thing. And but it messed with your head. OK, and, and, and it caused you to stumble and it caused you to fall. And I looked up, lose your footing. And I wanted to know what that actually meant. And there one of the definitions to losing your footing is to lose one's stability when you're entering a precarious or an unsettling situation. And so since we're talking about seasons of difficulty here, don't you know how hell would love to trip you up in unpredictable seasons in your life that come and happen in your life? Don't you know how he would just love to trip you up and cause you to lose your footing and mess with your faith? He will use those difficult seasons at his best to try to do that. Even David, the great King David, the one that was called a man after God's own heart, even he went through a season where he almost stumbled and fell. In Psalm 73, David says this, But as for me, I almost lost my footing, he says. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite the wickedness and strong and they don't have troubles like other people he had his heart and his he had his eyes fixed on other people and he was seeing how they didn't go through the trouble he thought that that people he thought wasn't going through the pain and the difficult seasons that he was having to go through and he says they don't have trouble like other people they're not plagued with problems said everyone else 
So I tried to understand why the wicked prospered, he said, David. He said it was a difficult task. But then I went to the house of the Lord. I went to the sanctuary of God. And I understood the end thereof. And I understood their destiny. <coughs> my health fell, may fell, he says. And my spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. And so even David, the great King David, the one that was called the man after God's own heart, even his faith was tested. Even he almost fell. Even he almost um, lost his footing. But the devil, he comes like he would love to keep you down. You see, the enemy came to steal kill and destroy, but it says that God came to give us life and life more abundantly. You see the two opposing forces there, life and death, the dead and the living, the defeated and the victorious, the conquered and the conqueror. Romans 8 and 37 says we are more than conquerors through Christ, through him who loved us. To be a conqueror is to be victorious over an adversary. To be more than a conqueror, though, means not only that, but it means that you achieve, not only that you achieve victory, but we are overwhelmingly victorious because we have God on our side. So you got to understand, Satan is our adversary. He sends all kinds of life-defeating, joy-stealing attacks to threaten us and to threaten the well-being of God's children and to mess with their faith. But many of those attacks are already listed. Paul talks about them in Romans. And he says that we are going to endure trouble. We are going to go through persecution. We are going to have hardship. He says famine, nakedness, and sword is what Paul says. But he's encouraging the church at that time in Rome to stand firm in their faith when those attacks come. He reminds them that not only are they going to win in the end, but Jesus has enables them to win right now. That in your current difficult season and your current difficult time of disappointment, God will cause you to win in the end. Amen. So to be more than conquerors means that we face the trials of life with certainty that we are not alone in this fight, that we're not alone in it, that we have a mighty father that fights for us so that when we're in our darkest of valleys, we can approach the throne of God boldly and ask for help. And he will come down and help us. And God will not permit us to go through more than what we can handle. He knows right where we're at. Psalms 55 and 22 says, give your burdens to the Lord. He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. He will not allow you to slip and fall when you're walking through your season of disappointment. You see, Jesus inside of you in your life makes all of the difference. Jesus makes all of the difference. How much easier. I don't sometimes understand how people walk through things on their own. I mean, we're only so self-sufficient, right? You know, and but I, I couldn't do it on my own. I know that. I need him to walk with me. But especially through difficult times, I need him to hold my hand. I need him to guide me. I need him to get me through sometimes, some you know, difficult times sometimes. But God is greater than any circumstance. He's greater than any season that you might be going through. He's greater than any disappointment that you have right now or any discouragement. And that's the benefit 
of trusting God is that God is sovereign over your circumstance. When you trust God, he's sovereign over your circumstance. That means that he has ultimate rule. He has ultimate authority over your circumstance when you trust in him. We walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith, the word of God says. So we've got to learn to trust God for that job. We've got to learn to trust God to get your finances that you need, to trust God in that rela difficult relationship, to trust God to bring you out of that trial because no trial is ever wasted by God. We've got to trust him that he's going to see us through every difficulty. You've got to say this sometimes to yourself, I'm coming out of this season um, and some of you might need to confess that over yourselves right now if you're going through a difficult time. There's a better day ahead. I'm gonna, there's a mountaintop coming up. I'm going to get through this low time. I'm going to get through this valley. And even the prophet, the great man of God, Elijah, the man of God that God used so mightily in the Old Testament. And, and I love the story because we see the spiritual showdown between Elijah. We see him face on Mount Carmel, on a mountaintop. We see him face 450 prophets of Baal, the false prophets, and here at that time. And he is challenged to prove who his God is against 450, way outnumbered. But you know what? With God, one will put 1,000 to flight. I mean, there's, and when God is on your side, two will put 10,000 to fight. I mean, there's nothing too hard for God when he's on your side. And so we see him, and we see God show up, and we see God show off, and we see him uh, consume, uh, consuming fire come down. And then after all that, we see him uh, allow all for three. We see Elijah on the mountaintop doing these awesome miracles by God, God using him. But right after that, we see the desert. But he was going into the desert mentally and, and emotionally and spiritually as well because we see him come to a place where he says to God in the desert, he says, God, just take my life. God, I just don't want to live anymore. I'm done with this life. And we see God in that moment, hear him and see him. And God knew right where Elijah was at. You see, oftentimes if you allow depression to come and you stay in that season of depression, it's going to turn into a season of despair. And, and, and a season of despair will turn into suicidal thoughts. And that's what was happening here to the great man of God, the great prophet of God, is he was dealing with that spirit he was under spiritual attack and when you mess when those kind of spirits mess with you you've got to understand it's a spiritual thing okay and you got to understand how to use the word of God against the enemy of your soul and so the man of God was being attacked and the Lord sent an angel it says to him and the angel encouraged him and he got up from that place and he moved on because God saw right where he was boy and that in Hebrew means that he he is the God who sees me right where I'm at. He is the God. He is your Elroy. He sees right where you're at if you're in a difficult season. And just like Elijah, we too can be stuck in a season. We too can find ourselves in a disappointing season, and we can get stuck there because we're human. Because we're human, just like that. And I'm going to get a little personal with you this morning. In my season of grief, of losing my own mom, 
I got stuck in that season. And, and I'm not proud to say this or admit it in public, but you know what? The Lord told me to do it. And I said, okay, God, I don't want to do this. But I got stuck in a season of grief. And, and if you get, stay stuck in a season of grief, see, it's a natural process. It's normal. We have to grieve. It's part of the process when you lose someone that you love so much. But we were never meant to stay in a season of grief because if it stays too long, it becomes bad company. And all of a sudden, my season of grief turned into depression, and it can turn into despair. And, and I was walking that walk, and probably none of you knew because I'm good about hiding things and smiling, and no one knew, not even my family. But I was just grieving so bad. But God knew right where I was at at my lowest of lows. He saw me right where I was at, and he spoke to a woman of God all the way in San Francisco, California, and this woman of God, I call her Mama Red, because she has red, fiery red hair, and she's fiery for God, and she called me up, and she said, uh, she said, I, I don't know what's going on with you, but the Lord will not take you off my mind. Every time I tried to pray, you're on my mind that I must come to Victoria and I must see you in person. And so she came all the way from San Francisco, Mama Red, and, and we met and, and, and we got together. And she showed up with this thing. I had no idea what she was doing, but I was in my lowest of low moments that I was stuck. I was stuck in that season. And she began to prophesy over me, and she began to speak the word of the Lord over me, and she began to bring life back to me because God knew right where I was at, and he was using her to speak a word of encouragement over me. And, and that's why it's important to surround yourself with a circle of friends that love God, that hear from God, and, and that have your best interest at heart. Because even if they're across the world in Japan, God will speak to them. He said, there's no, there's no boundaries with God, right? There's no boundaries, and we're a global church. God will speak to anyone in the world. And so she came to me, and she said, I brought you this rod, and she prayed for me, like I said. She prophesied that I'd be, have the Deborah anointing and that I would come out of this season and that any attack that will ever try to come against me, that it will never bring me down, that I will get victory over any season of my life of difficulty that I ever go through again. And she told me, she said, what I want you to do with this, she said, I want you to engrave on here every battle that you get the victory over in your life. And I want you to engrave it. And I, she said, and if you ever go through a trial like that again, I want you to walk around and I want you to claim victory over it. And I want you to know that God is going to see you through. And so I engraved a couple of things. I probably got to add a few more on here. But I've got grief right there because I got victory over that. And I know no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I've got fear because I dealt with a lot of fear at one time. And God gave me victory over that. So now I know when here, insecurity, had a lot of insecurity. 
A lot, a lot of insecurity. I didn't even know I had a lot of insecurity, but I did. But you know what? I beat that thing. God, thing doesn't mess with me anymore. And so that's what I want to encourage you all this morning. If you're in a season of difficulty, you've got to say this over yourself. I'm coming out of this season. I'm coming out of this season. I'm getting the victory over this season. There is always a winter before there is a spring. Who am I talking to? There is always a winter before the spring. You know, in the wintertime, things have to die. But in the spring, that's when the beautiful flowers grow. And that's the mountaintop experience. There's some good things coming for you after this season. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He wants us to know that we can trust him in every season because he's God and he changes not. He is the same yesterday, forever, tomorrow, today, tomorrow, forever. He is the same, he changes not. And so if you came in here feeling hopeless in your circumstance, I'm going to introduce you to the hope giver, and his name is Jesus. He wants to give you hope this morning. He wants green. He wants to be there to help you. Allow him to help you through your season of difficulty. We can only trust in ourselves for so. It's better. It's stronger than anything in our own power that we can try to do on our own. It's not by might. It's not by spirit. It's not by power or strength. It's only by the spirit of God. It's only by the spirit of God. And so God uses disappointments oftentimes to cause us to be desperate for him. He uses trials to make us trust him. Never Never wasted, never wasted. Because in your lowest of lows, there's only one more place to go, and that is up. And there's only one person to look up to, and that is God. He will bring you up. He will bring you out. I promise you that. I've been there. And so we can't forget what God's done for us. When we're in a high season, we can't forget when he's, he's taken us out of those low seasons. we got to have our confidence in him. Every time, high, low, we can't lose that confidence in him. But we got to learn to take him at his word. And we got to learn to take that word and speak those promises that belong to us. Speak those promises over our lives because we're called children of God. We're called his sons. We're called his daughters. And he also calls us his friends. We're his friends. And so we got to learn to cling to some powerful Bible verses that help through hard times, and I want to share some of those with you because when you start speaking these things over yourself, they truly make a difference in your life when you're going through it. And so I don't know if you want are taking notes or if you want to take snapshots, but I'm going to run through these. It's important for us to memorize these and, and to use these, meditate and believe them and claim them over your life with confidence, and you just watch and see what a difference God And we know all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Number two, it's Philippians 4.13. I can hear the righteous cry out and the Lord hear him. He delivers them from all of their troubles. Amen. We should be getting excited in here. Come on. We should be getting excited. Isaiah 41 and 10, number four. Do, so do not fear for I am with you. So do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Number five, Psalms 27 and 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? 
And the last, uh, I'm sorry, number six, God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's a very a present help in times of trouble, Psalms 46 and 1. And the last one I want to close with is a very common one that we know. And it's Psalms 23, number 7. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the, still, the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy and your love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Those are We serve a God that is so powerful. His hand, his arm is never too short to rescue us out of any season of life. And he never lacks in his promises to his children. Amen. Take these verses, use them and speak them over your lives. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I love you all. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.